TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. It's the Score North Twin Show. Devin Smeltzer's on the mound. The Twins are convinced that his stuff might play in the big league. Got him looking. How's that? Got him. A swinging strikeout, one away. Got him looking. <laughs> you talk about dotting a fastball. Oh, whatever you want to. <laughs> Kane would prefer never to see Devin Smeltzer again. Oh, boy. He's somebody to root for, and he's somebody to admire, and he's pitched six shutout innings in his major league debut. Those highlights courtesy of Fox Sports North, Dick Bramer and Jack Morris marveling at Devin Smeltzer in his Major League debut. This is the Score North first place Twins show on Score North on 1500 scorenorth.com. I'm Rami Makhlouf along with Judd Zolgad, Derek Wetmore, our Twins reporter. Find both of their thoughts on the Twins at scorenorth.com. Manny Hill on the other side of the glass and a lot to get into on today's Score North first place Twins show. And by the way, your new home for Twins Talk five days a week, noon, Monday through Friday, right here on Score North on 1500 live.scorenorth.com and that score north mobile app are here every day at noon monday through friday talking twins with you and we'll talk with Derek Fowley, chief baseball officer of your first place minnesota twins coming up at 1220 but just in that win last night guys a lot to dissect they they come out on top of the brewers five to three and uh obviously we start with that young man devin smeltzer who went six innings giving up just three hits striking out seven and shutting down a very good milwaukee brewers lineup what a night to have your MLB debut. That's one for the capsules. And I want to talk about the pitching components of it at some point today, but I think by far the more important story or the more fun and memorable story. I want Judd to help share some light, shed some light on that because this guy had a bunch of friends and family in town. He's got a unique and inspiring backstory. I'll say just a, just a cool moment for twins, their fans, and certainly for the Smeltzer family. So sports is full of, you know, um, false feel good stories, right? Sure. There's so, there's, <laughs> we've seen true. so many, you know, oh, this is a great, st- and it's an okay story. I feel like, <laughs> I feel like you look for the cracks in every feel good story, Jed. I feel like you're, you're that guy. But that, but there's a reason why. <laughs> because when, because when we hit upon a sincerely, truly great one, we can celebrate it much more. Yes. There was nothing phony about a guy pitching last night who was called up on Monday from Rochester, told, pack your bags, said said he basically blacked out at that point, was was running through the airport, sweating up a storm here, and a guy who, what, is 23 now, Derek? Is, is that so. correct? That's right. Who, at the age of nine, was diagnosed with cancer, who, who did not get a feeding tube because th- that would have uh, prohibited him from playing baseball. So the doctor said, okay, who went through chemo but still was playing baseball as a nine-year-old going through chemo. And the greatest scene, two great scenes last night. One was uh, kudos to FSN. Marnie Gellner in the stands with uh, Devin's parents talking to them. And they're basically both crying. And it's just fantastic because it's so sincere and so touching. The other scene that unfolded after the game, and of course Meltzer uh, was taken out after he threw 69 pitches in six innings, was downstairs 
Outside the clubhouse, Meltzer comes out. And I think he said he had, I want to say, approximately 23 family and friends. And his wife, obviously, was there. And his parents were there. But a lot of people uh, very quickly made plans to get there. And the scene outside that clubhouse, and basically everybody's crying. Everybody's got their cell phones out. But if they don't, they're just crying. It was so fantastic. Rami, the reason why I look for uh, for cracks in stories is because that allows me to look at a sincerely great story and say, this, this is the real deal. And everything, you guys, about what Devin Smeltzer accomplished in just, you know, not just his debut of baseball, but another just gigantic step for a kid who at the age of nine had cancer. Everything about that story was fantastic. It was genuine and Everybody, I don't care, you could have been the the biggest cynic on the face of the earth, felt good for that kid, his parents, and that entire family. And beyond the being a cancer survivor, which is a huge uh, achievement, accomplishment to overcome what he overcame as a child and, and reach this stage here, let's talk about him as a baseball player. This is a guy who the Twins acquired last year in a trade, and when he came over, most people thought he was like a... a quirky left-hander out of the bullpen like he could help a team win but maybe not as much as as the twins saw in him and they brought him in and they said no we think you can be a starter and they put him in an off-season conditioning program and a throwing program and now here he is like it's it's a really on a lot of different levels a very unlikely story what Devin Smeltzer him getting on that mound and doing what he did last night. It is remarkable. That's the only word I can keep coming up with. The only thing that I can think to say, and it's not like you plucked him from the Baltimore Orioles, because let's be honest, there are teams in baseball that are better at doing what the Twins are doing successfully right now than others. Mm -hmm. You you take a pitcher, and everyone can see a first-round draft pick has talent. Which teams can get him to succeed at the highest level? Which team can get him to express the best version of himself on a baseball field. That's kind of the game right now, in my mind. So if you plucked a guy from an organization that wasn't particularly good at being ahead of the curve and being, whether it's analytics-driven or just scouting and development, and you turned him into something, it'd be kind of like, oh, wow, that's a, yeah, good. That's what good teams are built on. Plucked him from the Dodgers, and then he blasted off this year. I know there's going to be some people that look at this uh, MLB debut a, a little skeptical that like, hey, six shutout innings against a good lineup. That's I'm not sure there's more where that came from. I would say look at his minor league numbers. <laughs> look at what he's done in the minor league. So this, despite the fact that he doesn't have a 97 mile an hour fastball, despite the fact that he he's not a household name, he's not somebody we've been talking about for five years. Heck, he wasn't even really somebody we talked a lot about at the time of the Brian Dozier trade. But here he is dominating in double A this year. Gets called up to triple A for a couple starts, dominates there, gets called up to the big leagues in a pinch to make sort of an emergency start and dominates the Brewers for things. This this could be the real deal. I don't know, but here's here's the thing that impresses me about this kid, and it comes from a lifetime of adversity and overcoming a lot of things. His perspective is outstanding. His perspective, and and I firmly believe. Athletic ability is fantastic, and we can break down analytics, athletic ability, go through that whole thing, and that's often correct and instructive. But I I really believe at times in intangibles as well, and the fact that this, he said flat out, so 
the Dodgers moved him to the bullpen at some point last year in yeah. the in the minors, which he didn't necessarily like, but he did. And then he told the Twins when the trade uh, the the uh, Dozier trade went down and he came here that he would prefer to start. But he said last night he said the amount of things that I learned in the bullpen and in that role and and what I could take from that. And I, I just go back to the fact that if this kid is ultimately going to be successful, it also comes from just an outstanding perspective of not woe is me i'm now you know pitching out of the bullpen as opposed to starting but what can i take from this and where can that progress to you guys watched the chase utley piece that the dodgers did when he was a member of their organization i did back then yes yeah have you have you seen that one rami Where i don't think i have I posted no. it online it's definitely worth looking up uh, in fact let's get it up on scorenorth.com today the Behind the scenes look at Devin Smelter, minor league pitcher, then in the Dodgers organization, uh, getting to meet a sort of, I guess you'd call him childhood hero, Chase Utley, when they were sharing an organization together. It's a, it's an inspiring piece. Oh, I did it's see that. It's really, really well that. done. Uh, the the just the storyline is woven together really well. Dave Roberts did a great job with it. Utley did a great job with it. Obviously, Smelter did a great job with it. I have and, sound of it. If you want, me yeah, to, let's uh, hear it, Manny, because yeah. that is to me. Uh, I I had not watched that before his start, so I was just watching his start as a, a numbers guy. I've seen his minor league numbers and know a little bit about him, and it was impressive. Then I watched that video this morning, and I got to say, I have a little bit different perspective. Chase Utley at Citizens Ballpark, Chase being Chase, um, was signing autographs for a uh, a kid who's dealt with cancer his entire life. Two bouts of it. This kid hasn't seen Chase uh, since that day. This kid is uh, Devin Smeltzer, who's a pitcher in our organization right now. And this is Devin. Come here, Devin. There's more to life than just baseball, and you know everybody's struggles are different, and. Just being able to use their platform to give back and, and, and help anybody, whether it's my type of situation or, or anything else, it's, it was really, really a great experience to be able to talk to the whole clubhouse. It's crazy, man, how we impact guys every single day. We don't know it. We have no idea what kind of impact we can have on a 10-year-old Devin Smeltzer, man. <laughs> I uh, forgot all about that until you just jogged my memory about it, and now I have chills and I'm a little choked up after yeah. hearing that. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. I did not know that that was Devin Smelter that was on the mound for the Twins last night until you guys just put two and two together for me like that. That's doesn't amazing. It, doesn't it change it a little bit? That's amazing. It really, I mean, you don't want to, it's not just like glomming on to the story for the story's sake, but I think that you have that component to it and then add to not only how well he's pitched this year in the minors, but how well he pitched last night in a, I would say, critical moment for the Twins, it really does help to elevate the story, enhance the story. And I thought that was really powerful that uh, Chase Utley took time out of his day, signed a 10-year-old kid's hat, and and that was potentially life-changing in terms of what it meant to Devin Smeltzer at that time. And then, what, as Dave Roberts said so eloquently, you never know the kind of impact you're going to have on somebody. Mm-hmm. And keep in mind, too, guys, he beat the Brewers last night. This was not the Tigers or White Sox. That's right. And, and he didn't get the, the win, but uh, he pitched very, very well. Look at the top of that lineup. Man. I will <laughs> run in six. And so, I mean, we're, 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 talking, uh, we're talking about a pretty big leap of faith here. 
right? To, to go from Martin Perez, who I believe in the notes on Monday was scheduled to start on Tuesday. He gets bumped back. This kid gets called up. This kid doesn't get an American League Central uh, pathetic team. He gets the Brewers. I will, say, that well. I will say this, though. The Brewers, not to take anything away from Devin Smeltzer at all, uh, they are notoriously bad against pitchers who they're seeing for the first time. During my time there, really? the, oh, host, the host of the postgame show, the host of the postgame show, <laughs> Tim Allen, <laughs> who's off. one of the most brilliant baseball minds I've ever come across, he would always say when they were going up against a guy making his major league debut against the Brewers, he'd be like, watch, he's... He's going to shut him down. Happens to us every time. And then he'd go on the postgame show after it happened and go, why do we get owned every time by a guy who's so. pitching in the major and leagues you know for the first time? Smeltzer, who knows, right? We don't know. Right. The t- teams are now going to watch that game last night. They're going to have uh, certainly probably a better approach, whether he faces Tampa in Tampa this weekend, probably Cleveland next. Yeah. But this is one of those moments in sports. Honestly, you guys, it doesn't matter. This is one of those. There's some, you know, if yeah. a top prospect comes up and he's successful, you're like, okay, that's great. Do that again, 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 again. But there are some stories, and this is what makes sports special. There are some stories in sports where it doesn't matter. What that kid did last night, what that meant to his family, the feeling in that ballpark, in that setting, stands alone. If he gets rocked next time and gets sent down and doesn't come back up, you can never take away the moment that happened last night and it's unique and it's special this will be one of the moments of the 2019 minnesota twins the devin smeltzer game and i i I recognize that there are going to be cynics in the audience who sort of scoff at that and say he hasn't done anything yet are there cynics about cancer survivors yeah, I was, I, <laughs> they're really it's, cynics it's about It's not cancer about that. Survivors. I'm talking about on a pitching side of okay, things. Okay, all right. And yeah, also, probably. I'm a, I'm, not, I'm a cynic, and I can't. I was going to say, I see the cross from one of the most notorious cynics in the history of cynics. Weekdays, well, four to six, the, back in Judd with Rami. But even he's even he's a little choked up over all this. The unique angle of what That's this right. kid did. And, and, you know, I'm sorry, but when you see the kid's parents, they're basically crying the entire game because they're so thrilled. That's a to me. That's a one-off, awesome m- moment. And if the kid doesn't make it now, he doesn't make it. But he still did something when at nine years old he was undergoing chemo. So, Rami, to answer your question, in this case, I don't think there can be. I really don't. I hope not. I think he continues it. I don't think it's a one-off. Okay. And I also think that, like. It was it, it was just so cool, and that is the type of moment, and I use moment with a capital M, that we will look back on at the end of the season, uh, or, or as the Twins are setting their playoff rotation for the American League Division Series, because no need for a wild card game this year. As they're setting that rotation, and we're all writing columns and talking on shows about what were the moments of 2019, I genuinely believe that this is going to be one of them. It's one that you think back on as... Yeah, I remember where I was for the Devin Smeltzer game. We we did a show across the street just before, and then I watched the game on the right field plaza. Like it's just a a moment in time that you try to preserve. I I actually think you speak of cynics and maybe crusty old ball guys. Guy I consider a friend up in the press box, Blackjack Jack Morris, getting choked up on the Fox Sports North broadcast yesterday. Uh, had to move you. I I think personally, he he put it really well when he said, "Small of body, big of heart." Small of body, big of heart. Talking about Devin Smeltzer and the performance that he put on last night. 
I do think we have to spend some time talking about the pitching stuff. And maybe, you know, maybe that's a question for uh, Twins Chief Baseball Officer Derek Falvey because he knows a thing or two about pitching and what that. How how do you become that? How do you go a righty with a fastball that can't crack ninety two? I can hump guarantee it up? you right now, Falvey ain't telling you. <laughs> the theme of the two thousand nineteen Twins. Don't tell them. I wish he would. I Not wish smell them. Don't tell them. I wish that there would be some, uh, maybe some at least insight into how does a pitcher go from. Minor league guy included in a trade that nobody, frankly, across the baseball landscape has ever heard of. Of course, industry insiders and scouts and people in the Dodgers organization, you'd know who this guy is. But would your random Twins fan in Duluth, Minnesota know who this guy is? Absolutely not. So how does he get to a point where he dominates in the minors in 2019, makes his major league debut, has the Milwaukee Brewers, a good hitting lineup, off balance for six magnificent innings. Let's see if Derek Falvey will answer that. He joins the Score North first place Twins show. The, the Twins chief baseball officer joins us next on Score North on 1500 scorenorth.com and the Score North mobile app. Let's bat around some banter. Ah, twins. Twins. The Score North Twin Show on Score North and scorenorth.anywhere. Football fans, it's Mackie here for Federated Insurance. You might not know this about me, but I've been a business owner a couple different times in my life. I can relate to the roller coaster ride, the never-ending sea of problems to solve, the exhilaration of those incremental wins. If you're a business owner, I recommend getting to know Federated, which has over a century of experience in protecting businesses and making them as successful as they can be. You want a company like Federated standing behind your business. Visit federatedinsurance.com to find your local representative. Federated Mutual Insurance Company. It's our business to protect yours. Dealer for details. The Score North Twin Show. Have you guys ever wondered what it's like to be a twin? On Score North and scorenorth.com. <laughs> if the crowd inspired them, they're going to be doing it every at bat for that guy. A huge hit right there. A big crooked number on the board for the Twins. A changeup left out over the plate. A flower box that's missing a few flowers. And the Twins score two more. I hit him bomba. <laughs> the highlight courtesy of Fox Sports North, Eddie Rosario hitting bombas amidst chance of Eddie, Eddie at Target Field last night as they take down the Brewers 5-3. to three. This is the Score North first place Twins show on 1500scorenorth.com and the Score North mobile app. Rami Makhlouf along with Judd Zolgad and Twins reporter Derek Wetmore, Manny Hill, other side of the glass and joining us now on the phones, he is the Chief Baseball Officer of your first place Minnesota Twins. Pleasure to welcome in Derek Falvey. Derek, how are you this afternoon? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me on. How good did it feel last night, not only to watch what what we saw happen on the mound with, with Smeltzer, but also know that while, yes, his family and, and he himself were the ones who went through the struggles and put in the work to get where he was, on some level you helped facilitate that dream come true. How good does it make you feel when you can be part of something like that, Derek? Well, anytime you see a kid go do that, and as you said, this is about him and his family, but I think the special thing about baseball is that you get some great stories every so often you know it listen we want to win the games every night and we're focused on all those things but there are some great stories woven in and this is a kid who's faced adversity head-on has continued to get better you know in his not just as a pitcher but the way he goes about all of his work around the game i think his message around you know the the idea that 
you don't know what's going to happen the next day, so you take every day and you live 100%. I think that we can all learn from that. And I don't care how young he is. He's a he's a great kid. He works really hard, and we're just really happy to have him as part of our organization. Yeah, great story for sure. But when you made the trade at the deadline in the Dozier deal with the Dodgers, Derek, last year, as a pitcher, what did you like or identify about this kid? Because he had been demoted from a starter to the bullpen by the Dodgers. Yeah, he was a guy that we knew a little bit. So Jeremy Zoll, our farm director, had been with the Dodgers. He knew him personally, so he knew the makeup. We had a good read on that. And and when we looked at the pitches and we looked at what he was doing, some of our scouts and analysts kind of together said, we recognize that maybe he pitches out of the bullpen, and and still that could happen during the course of his major league career. But we felt he had a mix in in the ability to develop his secondary pitches. He always had a good fastball changeup, but that slider, which we saw a little bit better, use of last night we thought it could be a good pitch for him and when he came over to us he said he wanted to start he wanted to give himself that chance so we put together a, a great off-season program and partnered with him on that he came into spring training ready to go and uh, i think the rest is history at this point and went right to double a right. as well as anybody and and get a chance to prove himself at triple a and put himself in a position to be in a major league call-up conversation so ability is obviously key make up things like that Derek. but when you examine uh potentially make a trade for a kid like that. How much do you factor in the intangibles? Because this guy, I mean, had cancer at nine, continued to play baseball, and it's hard to quantify those things. You certainly can't put a stat on them, but how much does perspective play a role? Because this guy's perspective seems to be just so outstanding. No doubt. I mean, given he's he's still a young kid and still a young pitcher, but he's well wise beyond his years. There's no doubt. I think anytime you make an acquisition, and you know we're fortunate. That's a difficult, obviously a difficult trade to make. You know, with Brian and what he had done here historically, but to get Logan Forsythe back to help us out at the major league level, and then get two guys in Luke Rayleigh and Devin Smeltzer, we felt like the combination of what we were getting back really was something that could help us down the line. And you know, the makeup of those two players, and we knew what Logan's makeup was at the major league level, but to know the makeup of a young player and know what he's going to do to fight through challenges and struggles because there's no question you're going to struggle at the major league level. And I think that every young player who has learned how to struggle and fail and fail forward is the, you know, the way I think of it. That, that's critical, and this kid did it at the, you know, at the ultimate level in, in life and death, and, and none of us, I know I can't put myself in that position. So for him to have gone through that, struggled, and come out on the other side, uh, I, I think pitching in front of a, a large crowd last night in a big league game, that's nothing compared to what he's already dealt with. Hmm. It's, been, it's been fun to watch. Yeah, Derek, uh, we all love the story here. We've been talking about it all morning, and it's more than just a story. It's, it's not just a quick, one-off, hey, cool moment. This guy's a good pitcher, and we we look at his 2019 minor league numbers and just dominates everywhere he goes, doesn't give up home runs in leagues that give up tons of them. Just a simple question, how did he get to this level where, as you say, put himself in position for a major league call-up? Well, he was a guy who you know was, a, was a, certainly a top-ten round pick, so everyone knew about him in the draft and when the Dodgers grabbed him. You know, they, they knew of his talent. I think he, he continued to get better at every level. You know, the velocity's come a little bit more. It's more for left-handed starters living in that 89 to 91 range. is about, is about major league average. The feel for the changeup continued to get better every year. But I think, you know, Jason Castro spoke about it last night. He thought his slider was good, you know, and I thought so too. And I think that allowed him to be a little bit more effective against some of those other left-handed hitters that he saw in the lineup last night. So for him to go out, put up six innings, you know, punch out seven. He's a guy, I, I don't want to get, I, his story is tremendous, but you make a really good point that you don't want to 
get lost in that story, the fact that he went out and pitched a major league game and pitched it really well against a really good team. Yeah. So I think that that's something that he can build off of now, and, and he's going to have another opportunity here to, to, to continue to impact us at the major league level, both in the short term and hopefully in the long term. Yeah, and that that's that's really cool, too. I, I heard a couple of comps last night, and I don't really like the comps game. I don't know how you feel about it, Derek, but I just I feel like we shortchange guys' individuality when we try to Put him in a box. No no so question. with that being said, I'm going to try to put him in a box and you tell me if this is off. Uh, someone brought up Chris Sale, and I think it's maybe an arm angle thing. It, obviously, you don't see the max velo that you'd seen at peak sale. Um, and the other one that came up was Kyle Hendricks. I, I know it's a different mix, different secondary, but I think that one was just on throw tons of strikes, even without big velo. Do either of those do anything for you, or are we just way off on those two? <laughs> well, you know, I would say this. The heart, the competitiveness, and, and maybe the arm slot uh, remind you of Chris Sale. There's no question those three things line up. You know, Chris obviously had such elite electric velocity, you know, pitching at close to 100 miles an hour at his young age, and, and that and that really just elite slider, whereas he didn't have the changeup. I think Devin's got a lot of that. I think where he compares to Kyle Hendricks in particular it's just the way he goes about adding and subtracting and the moxie. I mean, Kyle, what Kyle does on the mound and his ability to really think along with the hitter and maybe keep him off balance, I think that's something Devin really has. You know, you see him last night against a, uh, a tremendous hitter like Christian Yelich throw left-on-left changeups kind of underneath his path, and I, I think Christian Yelich hasn't seen a lot of that, and that was a good use of his stuff against that you know, special kind of hitter. So my view of Devin is, I, I'm with you on comps. I struggle with it. In fact, I just stepped out of our draft room as we're prepping for next week, and <laughs> comps get thrown around left and right. But the reality is we just want Devin to be the best version of Devin. And if he can do that, no matter who, what that is, uh, we'll let that take care of itself going forward. Talking with Derek Falvey, Chief Baseball Officer of your first place Minnesota Twins here on the Score North First Place Twins Show. On 1500. Derek, last night, I guess the only negative to take out of that win was Byron Buxton, who had to leave the game early after crashing into the wall with a bruised left knee. Two, two part question for you. One, any update on his condition today? And two, I know that there is a, a frustration amongst Twins fans when they see him crash into a wall, and he's cut down on it this year by playing deeper in the outfield. But I think Twins fans watching that go, no, 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 not a, and then he runs into the wall and, and has to leave the game early. What's, What's going through your head when you see Byron Buxton do that? Is that something you want to take out of him, or is that is that energy and that relentlessness something that Byron Buxton needs to play with? Well, first and foremost, the update is that he's, he's fortunately feeling good. We, we were probably overly conservative last night, but I, I am more than okay with that in those moments to make sure that he's okay, get him out of the game, make sure he's evaluated, not missing something. Uh, and fortunately, post game he felt fine. Uh, he probably felt fine even an inning after that all happened. He just he banged it pretty good, and we wanted to make sure that he was feeling and and looking okay. So the evaluation went well. Uh, in terms of his long term and what he does out there, I think I, I feel the same way Twins fans do when they said it. Oh, I hold my breath every time he goes into those walls. And you know, Byron, we've talked to him about it. Certainly, we want to make sure that he's smart about how he plays the outfield and, and make sure that he, one of the reasons we moved him back was one of those ideas to maybe take care of him getting a full head of steam going into the wall. And there are aspects of his game that I don't think we're ever going to tamp down and control, and that's what makes him special. He can go get balls that most guys can't, and some of that's just instinctual. But I do think there are situations in a game, and whether it's the ninth inning and he's trying to rob a home run, that's a little different than maybe understanding the situation in a in a no-score game. So it's just continued education, and we have a, a manager in Rocco Baldelli who might be able to help him more than anybody because this guy played center field, 
in the big leagues, was an incredible athlete, long-ranging, and had some of those crashes himself. And the more he can understand the best way to put himself in the best positions as he's going into the wall, the better he'll be. But there's development remaining there because I do think we need to manage it for him going forward. And if I'm not mistaken, Derek, last night was not a crashing into the fence problem. It was a scaling the fence a la Spider-Man problem because then he catapulted off, and, and I think he bruised that knee when he came down on the warning track, right? Yeah, I think so. I mean, he hit it in so many different places, you know, whether it was the fence or the wall or the ground. So what uh, what ultimately led to the to the bruise, I'm less certain. But I do think you're right. I mean, he just he's he goes so hard, and it's what we love about him, and just the way he the competitor he is, and and the reckless abandon. You know, he just goes as hard as he can, and uh, that's a good thing for him. But I think we just need to be careful going forward and want to teach him you know, techniques as, and ways to go into the wall to to better sustain his performance over time and limit the chance for injury. Yes, exactly. Uh, update on, on the status of Bruce Dargraderal. You said on Saturday that he was going to be uh, shut down for a while, undergoing some examinations. Where do things stand with him right now? Yes, yeah, so same, same status, more or less. He's been shut down, uh, feeling okay. We had some evaluations. We're going to get another one here in the coming days, uh, probably early uh, later this week and early next week, and then we'll have a better idea of the next steps. But as I said the other day, certainly a concern anytime a, a young pitcher has a shoulder uh, injury like like this. And so we just want to make sure that we're getting as many looks and evaluations as possible, working closely with his agent to make sure that we make uh, all the right decisions that's around the next steps. But I fully anticipate having some clarity on that by uh, early next week. Derek, the club was headed down to Tampa, St. Pete, for a series with the Rays, and my understanding was Mitch Garver was going to be in Double A Pensacola. What can you tell us about uh, his progress and what, maybe one of the quickest returns from a high ankle sprain in uh, recent memory? Yeah, you know, Mitch, we were obviously all concerned watching that play at the plate. When a catcher's foot goes back like that, you, you think the worst, whether it's knee, ankle, you know, you're thinking tendons, ligaments, the whole bit. I think in many ways we got a little lucky here, and a high ankle sprain is not insignificant, certainly, but all of those other things lead to you know, losing a year's worth of time for most guys. So I, I think that with Mitch, fortunately he came in the following day with less swelling than we anticipated, which was the first good sign. And ultimately, because of that, he was able to, uh, we went on the road, but he was able to stay back and do a little bit of work with our physical therapist to try and get some of the remaining swelling out of his leg. And he, when we came back, he started to catch some bullpens here, uh, took some light running on the field, some light BP, things like that. And he progressed to a point where we said, the best thing we can do now is get him to good weather uh, and start progressing him forward. So uh, we, we got him to Pensacola. They're home for a longer stretch. That was the reason we went there instead of Rochester was so that he could stay in a consistent environment in good weather for a little while. And what he'll do is he'll catch um, some portion of a first game. It'll be dependent on how how lengthy the game goes or how, how many pitches he catches in those innings, but you kind of expect a four- to five-inning stint here and then eventually just evaluate day-to-day, hopefully building him back up to nine innings before he returns. But my hope here is that you know, after a, a few days of work in Pensacola, we get a pretty good idea that his return could be could come as he, potentially as early as the end of this road trip. That's great. Derek, one more quick one for you before we let you go. Talking with Derek Falvey, Chief Baseball Officer of your first place Twins. About three weeks ago, we were talking about these Twins, and, and I bought in early on this Twins team and believed that they would win this division back in spring training. And then when they got off to the hot start that they did, I bought in even more. And I was I was getting a little carried away with Twins talk, I guess, one day on the air. So we were getting calls and tweets of people telling me to pump the brakes. 
And I said, not only am I not pumping the brakes, Derek, I have cut the brakes. This thing is full speed ahead, and there is no stopping this locomotive. And I was telling Twins fans to let go of whatever apprehension or hesitation you have because of past disappointments of, of, of other Twins teams. Are you able to, so to speak, cut the brakes, sit back, and enjoy at all what you're doing here? Or are you too busy getting ready for the draft and the trade deadline and trying to make this team even better and better positioned for a run in October? You know, a former GM told me, uh, a guy who'd done it a long time, uh, called me when I got the job, and he said, listen, uh, welcome to the job where you never feel comfortable. And I said, <laughs> okay. I said, now I know what he means, right? There is no, there is no comfortability in it. I, I think my, my view of it is certainly we've played, we've played well to this point, and no arguing that. Rocco and the staff, players, everybody's done a great job. And I think that collectively the, one of the best parts is, really less about, uh, as you put it, cutting the brakes. It's just being consistent, staying at the same speed. You know, whether we lose a game 10 nothing or a tough one late, the ability to bounce back, you know, just looking at the last couple of nights, I think back to the Houston series initially when we had the rough night against Garrett Cole, pitched a great game, we come right back the next day and play really well. We did the same two nights ago, losing a game late. Taylor Rogers uncharacteristically just kind of didn't find his location for a couple of pitches. We lose a tough game late. And then to bounce back last night, uh, behind a rookie on the mound and play a good baseball game, that's the sign of a team that's going to continue to fight even through the adversity we're, we're definitely going to face. So now we just focus on ways to get better every day. The guys who are internally here or in here now, we're focused on getting them better, but also finding ways to potentially acquire guys down the line. It, it should be a fun summer, and I know these guys are ready to fight every day. That's Derek Falvey, Chief Baseball Officer of your first place Minnesota Twins, and our guest for the last few minutes here on the Score North First Place Twins Show. I know I can't say first place Twins enough for you, Derek. We appreciate the time. <laughs> Thanks, Derek. We appreciate the support. Thanks, guys. Have There's Derek day. Falvey joining us here on uh, Score North on wow. 1500. The Leaving the draft moment. room. He he was in the... in the. That's how important we are. He boys. was in the trenches and came out to make that phone call and talk a little bit about Devin Smeltzer. He was Probably a nice break. Yeah. <laughs> From draft, draft preparation <laughs> has be. to be very, very tedious. Is it a oh, war man. room? Is it a war yeah. room in they baseball? Have, I think they yep. do it all down in the uh, <clears throat> Sid Hartman press conference room down there in the bowels of Target Field. Do they have a big digital board like Rick Spielman oh, and the yes, Vikings? yes, they do. Oh, They've nice. got a bunch of TVs all just sort of huddled together into one. At least the last time I saw it. It's been walled off here the last couple of weeks as they get ready. Uh, media is not in there when the when the bullets are flying, but you do see get to see the setup beforehand. By the way, uh, Manny, just I know he wasn't saying it in the context that I often say it, but just get me a soundbite of Derek Falvey saying, cut the brakes. You see my notes? I, that was the first thing I wrote down. <laughs> he goes, as you put it, cutting the brakes. We're going to need that. We're going to be needing that. That's epic. We'll hit a quick break and uh, get into the Byron Buxton discussion a little bit amongst ourselves next. And uh, a lot more Twins talk to come still now between now and 1 o'clock on the Score North First Place Twins Show on 1500 and the Score North mobile app. Score North. Minnesota sports. Anytime, anywhere. Scorenorth.com. Okay. Certainly we've played we've played well to this point. No arguing that. Rocco and the staff, players, everybody's done a great job. And I think that collectively the one of the best parts is really less about uh, as you put it, cutting the brakes. It's just being consistent. There's Derek Falvey. How are you gonna isolate that exactly to make it sound inflammatory? Um, you have to cut off, and this, I don't know if we can do it's this. Because sort of, uh, the, the way he gets to it, it's going to have to be very careful. Yeah, if we can just take out all the context surrounding <laughs> it, and then cut off I-N-G when he says right. cutting the, cut brakes, the and, brakes, and it's just a soundbite of Derek Falvey saying, 
cut the brakes. Like that's that's what I'm looking for. I'm totally with you, Robbie. We're and, cutting the brakes, and then we can use it as propaganda. On <laughs> oh, that's, yeah, no, that's my question. How do you get score North first place? We're going to appropriate show. his comments out of context, and that's perfect for us. That was Derek Falvey, the chief baseball officer of your Minnesota Twins, joining us on the Score North first place Twins show. Just a segment ago, if you just tuned in and you're listening live, and you want to go back and catch that conversation, it's up at ScoreNorth.com. Search Score North Twins wherever you download podcast. We're on Spotify, and uh, really the easiest way to go back and listen. On Demand is uh, via the Score North mobile app. You can also listen live. You can stream us live, and the longer you do that, the more points you earn to get rewards from us here at Score North because we love you, and it's also your one-stop shop for all written content from scorenorth.com, including columns from Derek and Judd, who are here along with me, Rami Makloff, on the Score North First Place Twins show. And we were talking with Derek Falvey about Byron Buxton in the last segment, and Judd, I know that that's been... A uh, a pet peeve of yours, a thorn in your side, his propensity to go crashing into walls. And I was sitting next to you last night when that happened. And I think you just let out like a, a long, deep sigh after he went crashing off the wall and into the ground with a bruised knee. So that one, that, yeah, <laughs> so, that was it right, right there. So, But there's context here. So a- April 2nd in Kansas City, uh, Montessi hit a ball to center field. And this is when Buxton was still playing shallower. Mm-hmm. And so he went back and crashed into that wall and went down. Montessi got an inside the park home run. And it was after that that the twins regrouped and said, we've got to play you deeper so that because you're inevitably going to collide with the wall. But if you're not going as quick, it's going to mitigate how bad you, you might get hurt. But as I told Falvey, last night was a new one. Last night wasn't a collision of speed with the wall. It's that left center chain link like fence out there that like Spider-Man, he can scale and he's done that before and he bruised his right knee when he came down. So he catapulted himself onto the fence, put his cleat in the fence. The ball hit the heel of his glove. It bounced off. His glove went flying and he lost his ability to hang onto the fence and fell to the warning track. So this was not a he was playing shallow and was going too quick. This was a he fell off the fence and he fell a distance where, when he hit the warning track with his right knee, he hurt himself. So at this point in time, I might just give up here. Like <laughs> I like, I like the fact he's playing deeper, and I wouldn't change that. Just concede but, to the fact like now, that Byron Buxton is going to run into walls. Now you got to go. No, but now it, it's not the wall. The the running into the wall is not the problem. Last night, now you got to go to him and say, buddy, it's the top of the second. It's Yasmani Grandal. Just play the ball off the chain link portion of the fence. Don't try and scale it because he can get up so damn high. But last night, which was now a new version of how Buxton could potentially get hurt by going <laughs> into the fence, by climbing the fence and falling off the fence. And I just throw up my hand. If I'm Falvey, I'm like, dude, just be smarter. Here's what I would love for Byron Buxton to understand. If I'm the twins. You are an incredibly valuable piece to what we're doing here. We need you to stay healthy. But that's what they've told him. <laughs> Period. Again. Full stop. Byron, there's no more to this. We appreciate that you go all out on defense. And you're the best center fielder in baseball. You're never going to catch an argument. Maybe Rays fans, maybe Jays fans, now Giants fans, I think, whatever. No one is better at playing center field than Byron Buxton. And if he were to even just... Now, this is not his mentality, so this won't happen... But if you were to say, like, hey, just play it at, like, 90%, 
Play it at the 90% of your effort. On balls at back or collision potential? I don't think you can He's put, not wired that way. Uh, no, and, and, you can't, and you can't go to him and put percentages. Here's what I would tell him. I'd say, Byron, we have you playing deeper so that you don't crash into the wall at full speed. We don't expect you not to hit the wall, but yeah. now, we, now we're basically protecting you from yourself. My next rule now would be this. Unless the calendar says October, do not scale the chain link fence. Sure, like like sure, if you really like if you think because if you put percentages, he's not going to get that. Sure, he, he's going to be like, well, my ninety percent. Oh, he had that one last night. It went off yep. his glove. Yeah, I know, but got it. but it's May. Right, it's a non-scale month. Right, and you've got a it's a non-scale month. It's a non-scale, <laughs> it's a non-scale <laughs> month. You've got a ten ten game lead in the division. <laughs> it's the exact reason they took him out of the game. By the way, boys, yes, I have no question about it. That Byron Buxton could have stayed in that game. Yeah, and I think. I don't know because I wasn't there, and they wouldn't tell you anyways. But head athletic trainer Tony Leo and Rocco Baldelli looked at each other and said, "We really going to risk it with this? No, he's coming out of the game because you could see Byron was PO'd as he was walking off the field with yeah. them and did not want to leave that game. You could understand. But you can also understand Rocco saying, "No, no, no, no. We're going to need you in September." But that's and October. also, but that's also the only way to get the message through to him to be like, "Okay, if you do this and get hurt." You're gonna get grounded. You're grounded. Right. No, I'm sure. <laughs> I know. He's he needs no, to. He can't be told percentages. You need you need to basically take him and say you are now grounded to your room, the game. Mister. Yes, and and I'm think about what you've done. <laughs> Tried to make the play, but it's true. I know. I but, know. But but this is. I tell I'm him. I'm mad. I'm disappointed. I tell him, Byron. I never want to see your foot. In that chain link fence again, unless it's a scale month. And scale month is October. <laughs> I'll give you the scale month. Into early November if you're playing scale baseball. Scale series? Is that okay? Could you, if it's Astros in town? I know you're done with them, but. No. No? No, there's no scale. Well, there's a scale series if I need the series. But sure. it, but if it's just pride, no. I don't want you putting your foot okay. in the fence. Okay. By the way, uh, Falvey told us that Buxton is feeling, quote, very good today. Yeah. After crashing into the wall last night. Yeah. So it seems like everything he is, is going to be all right. He's yeah. fine. Yeah. yeah, I would say that's not a long-term concern. The long-term concern is Judd's anxiety. Judd, you haven't been here yet this. for uh, America's favorite new game show, have you? Oh, boy. I don't think so. Fire it up, Manny. Let's do this thing. That's right, everybody. It's time for America's favorite new game show. Did the Twins bullpen do its job? Where we find out if the Twins bullpen... Did its job, and now your host, Derek Wetmore. That's right. Thank you, Rami Makloff. We are going to play. Did the Twins bullpen do its job? Judge, you know the rules. I have no idea. The rules of engagement are: I'll tell the reliever that came into the game, set up the game situation. We all watched the game. Well, call me down first of so, all. So, Judd, I don't even know if I'm a contestant. You right are now. the first contestant. <laughs> oh, this is okay. your first time. You, yeah, Judd Zolgad, come on down. <laughs> Oh, this is such a thrill. This is such a thrill. Judd Zolget and super producer Manny Hill are the contestants on today's show. I am going to just say the relievers that came in, you tell me if they did what they needed to do. And I'm just the announcer. (laughs) Rami's just announcing. Hold on, I gotta get my scorecard from last night's game out so I can really tell you. Well, and I can help you out too because uh, Matt McGill was the first reliever out of the pen yesterday. He replaced Devin Smelter after his wonderful major league debut that lasted six innings. McGill. Went through the seventh inning. He gave up a leadoff double and a lineout, but he did get through the frame scoreless uh, before the Twins took him off and turned to the next reliever. Do you think that Matt McGill yesterday did his job? Well, first of all, it was two hard hit balls. Yep, that's so right. I'm a little bit concerned here. Manny, in conjunction with you, though, I'm prepared to ding the bell. How about you? 
Yeah, I agree. At the end of the day, nobody came across the plate. And uh, yeah, so I, I would say Matt McGill did his job. Way to go, Matt McGill. In the eighth mm-hmm. inning, Blake Parker did take over for Matt McGill because he was a one-inning guy and Parker was coming in and the Twins, I think they had a three-run lead at that point, if memory serves me correctly. Or was that still, were they still up five rip at that point? They're up, they're up five rip at yeah, that point. Yeah, okay, so because with the off day coming up, you're going to trust your best relievers and Blake Parker comes out there. He did give up a home run, a two-run home run. Uh, before he did get the first out, he gets through the eighth inning. No more runners crossed the plate, but still now it goes from a 5 nothing game to a 5-2 game in the eighth inning. One frame left. Blake Parker, did he do his job? Manny, you go first on this one. Uh, I would say no. He did not do his job. Let's you're, buzz him. You're, you're not supposed to, when you come in, you have a 5 nothing <laughs> lead. You're not supposed to give up runs, plain and simple. Devil's advocate? Shoot. Wait, buzzed him. Too no, late. there's no devil's advocate here. This is a first place team. Ain't no room for failure. All right, you're we right. You don't need right. any anxiety in the in the later in the uh, later inning. I can there. see what you guys are saying. Ultimately, his job is to put up a zero. Uh, devil's advocate would be you have the lead, and your job is to preserve the lead and get it to the next guy. And he didn't give up the lead, oh, so. What do you want to give him a trophy? You already too? buzzed him. That's fine. <laughs> what do you? Yeah, Blooming, Bloomington kid who got a trophy. Judd, I was born in the nineties. I want participation trophies. Yeah, you finished sixth and got a trophy. Yeah, Blake, good job. Blake Parker would tell you didn't do a good job. Ninth inning is an interesting there. one. Taylor Rogers, their super reliever, comes in for the ninth, clinging to a two-run lead in the leadoff hitter. He has Monty Grandal homers off him. Now you're dealing with a little bit slimmer margins here. Rodgers did eventually get Mike Moustakis and Jesus Aguilar to strike out before he was pulled with one out to go in the ninth inning. Did Taylor Rodgers, boys, do his job? Guys, I'm going to say no. Really? I don't think he did his job. And and this is back-to-back games now. He's scuffling a little bit. Come on, first place team. I need more. Man. That's harsh, Manny. Are you are you are you buzzing him too? I'm tempted to buzz Taylor uh, Rogers too. Really? I think I'm I'm not concerned overall about him. I think he's going to be fine. But the reality is, the question is, did he do his job? Oh, and I think if he had not <laughs> given up that home run to Yasmani Grandal, then I think uh, he probably would have finished the game, and Ryan Harper probably wouldn't have needed to come in wow. to get that last out. So wow. I'm going to have to buzz Taylor. All right, jeez. Taylor, two days in a row getting but buzzed on. Did the bullpen do his job? Yeah, yeah. We're all we're all in the same boat there. Uh, Ryan Harper does come in, get the final out. Hernan Perez ding. pops out. Obviously, he gets a ding after Taylor Rogers' twelve pitch outing. Ryan Harper, of all people, comes in to uh, shut the door. He did his job. This is Ben. Did the Twins bullpen do its job? All contestants on the show stay at a bed bug infested motel. Down the street from the radio station. Why do I hit so bad? We'd like to thank Judd Zolgad, today's contestant, for Derek Wetmore, your host, and super producer Manny Hill. I'm Robbie Maclaw, and thanks for listening to Did the Twins Bullpen Do Its Job? And we'll keep it right here, folks. Thanks for tuning in. We appreciate it. That was really good. That was a Taylor Rogers being t- taken out with one out to go before potential save. Rami? I uh, didn't disagree with the move. I also didn't disagree with his frustration over the move. That's what I want to see from a guy. I don't want you to ever oh, be okay with mad. coming out of the game. He was he, mad. Which is what he should be. But you know what? It's baseball 2019. 
Don't be surprised. This has been the Score North First Place Twins Show. Go to the Score North mobile app to hear our conversation with Derek Falvey. For Derek, Judd, Manny, I'm Rami saying thanks for listening. We'll talk to you next time.